Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Estás escuchando Échale Podcast, a podcast where we embrace our Latinidad. The good, the bad, the ugly. You love English? Te encanta el español? Well, we got a whole lot of Spanglish. A storytelling podcast. And like my mom used to say, Échale, mijo, que tú puedes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, y estoy tan emocionado. You guys have no idea how excited I am to have one of the most hardworking women that I know in this industry. And you know a lot of them. I, I do mm-hmm. know a lot of them. So I know this is a worker bee, and I'm just proud to be joined today by Leti Peniche. Hola, Jose. Dude, you're so awesome. I've been watching the Chale podcast I've seen you growing little by little and I think that you're onto such amazing things and I was like hey Jose when do I get to go on the podcast tell me why I've been like con- trying to contact you right. like obviously I did do a, a trip and before I was already trying right. to get in communication with mm-hmm. you but pues la vida no se yeah. puede no se deja and I'm like alright whatever you finally reached out and I'm yeah. like yes let me take advantage of this especially because today Wednesday yes. it's your birthday it's my girl. birthday you have me on my birthday uh, first of all I feel honored that on your birthday you decided to do a podcast well with me. why not talk right on yeah. this is what we both love doing and think to us this is this is where we feel most fulfilled so mm-hmm. this is this is the perfect thing to do right now no awesome and obviously tomorrow's thanksgiving yeah. so we're going to later on be talking about what we're grateful but this mm-hmm. episode is all about you i feel like i've known you because you're one of those energies that yeah. every time you you resonate peace love um you know companionship Mm -hmm. but i want to know where that stems from platicame de leticia oh my gosh you know i give all of that to my dad like he's such a people person it would get me mad jose Uh i'm like i'm the i'm the baby and my dad gets along with everybody he's the type of like energy that even kids gravitate towards you know there's a fun uncle he's everyone's favorite Theo, all of my cousins but to me being his little girl i would get so like like territorial of him we'd go to tj and let's say we'd go to a tiendita and he would be like okay everybody can get what they want i'm like (laughs) no dad they can't parents let them ask their parents but then just seeing it in retrospect you know when kids talk to me on the radio i just want to give them the world like what do you want you want to go to disneyland get us like we'll figure it out but i think i get it from him that's awesome but are you you're the oldest right i'm the baby you're the baby so you have older sister i have an older sister and a half brother so my dad was married before he was with my mom and so we have i have an older brother and who's 12 years older than we are and then my sister's two years older than i am how was that relationship growing up with your older brother you know i really loved him i thought Mm. like he's the coolest person in the world like he would always play with us granted when i was born he was 12 yeah. So he was already like, ya era muchacho basically, but he would always make time to play with us, to carry us on his shoulders, tickle us, all of that. I have such good memories with him. And I think I wouldn't have gotten into hip hop like without him. Because I, I look to him like, oh my God, you're the coolest thing in the world. I want to be just like you. And he was listening to hip hop. And he was listening to like, 
like Wu Tang Clan, Jose. Dang. Like that's like what he was going towards. And I was like, whatever you like, I like. Uh-huh. However you are, I am. And then I just took that on because it brought me closer to him. Just wow. crazy. No, no, that that's beautiful. I've yeah. always said, uh, like with my dad, we didn't have the best relationship growing up, mm-hmm. but I always said I love the ranch life. Not I, I love it. You know, yeah. a lot, but I love it more because it allows me to spend time with my dad and doing something that mm-hmm. he likes. Yeah, it's that you know? common, it's just that common connection. Mm. And it's hard sometimes between generations to find that. Yeah. But the fact that you that you found that as being your, I guess, your, your midpoint. Exactly, where wow. I can meet him halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship with you and your brother was he very protective because once you're, yeah. you're you was 12 you were born yeah. 24 12 yeah. maybe a girl starting today or yeah definitely not because wow. he was he was very like I think he grew up as an only child so much that he it, it's in him you know once you're 12 already like you're kind of set in your ways a little bit and he had moved with his mom and they moved and then got by the time I was a little bit older, he had gotten married. They had mm. moved to Vegas. Like, right now, he's in Las Vegas. Wow. But I think just the stuff that... I think he meant more to me. This is sad. He meant more to me than I meant to him. But I'm uh-huh. sure he loves me. But just, like, the the admiration of him of course. meant so much to me. I just wanted to be just like him. Whereas to him, he's like, okay, little girl. Like, okay, my little <laughs> sister. Like, get out of here. You know, and then he had kids of his own. So yeah. that kind of takes over. Is there a, a certain lesson that resonates to you that you're like, wow, he taught me this but it took you a while to realize you know with him it's just i think they both both my dad and my brother have a like a never grow up kind of like jovialness about them where they're very just optimistic and granted my dad has a temper Mm. but it's like there's always fun to be had like there's always just something to look up you're never down for so long you know you could be down you could be sad but it's like all right we got to get up again. All yeah. right. There's there's still something to look forward to. I think that's what I got more than anything. That's beautiful. Yeah. Within siblings, I always find that there's uh, they're so similar yet so different, even though yeah. they were raised the by s- similar. Yep. In the same household. Yeah, same household. With your brother and your sister, mm-hmm. what are the differences? You know, I think I think there's a big I think my sister is my closest. So she's mm. two years older than me. And she's the one who we grew up in the same paths. But we're so different. Mm-hmm. And not for I, I look at her like I was a mom first before her. But I feel like she I learned how to be a mom from her. She's such a super mom. She's the mom that she goes out. She knows to have like the little the little hand sanitizer uh-huh. that's attached with the cup that you can put and it can turn also turn into a dish that has like holds the snacks or whatever. Yeah. To me, it's like, okay, the yogurt's everywhere or uh-huh. the snacks are everywhere. She has that down, but she's always been that way. She's always been like the organizer and making sure everything is checklist. Whereas me, I'm more of the the by the whim of everything mm-hmm. like okay lo que pasa pasa we'll figure and, it out yeah as we we'll go. figure it out as we go and i've been doing that <laughs> but my parents are not like that my mom era bien trabajadora like my roles were reversed a lot of times in like the mexican household my mom was the one that that worked the nine to five she had a bank job wow. and my dad was the one that took care of us he's the one that picked us up from school made us dinner had us he worked for himself so he was a locksmith mm-hmm. so his work was his car yeah. so he just drive to different places yeah you know to me and my sister and so i just saw it different but That's i think that if I, I know if i yeah. didn't see that i don't think i would be how i am because i never saw the mom stay home i never mm. saw the mom be like and stuff sí. like that 
my mom was always like working and a boss so to me i'm like all right i could do this to me it doesn't seem weird to kind of be a woman that is like in business how i am yeah, so you never like learned the, I, I don't want to say the submissive role in the yeah. Latina culture, because, yeah. but that's the norm that tends to happen, especially having a father figure right. who, with his sons, tends to be more of like, oye, los hombres no lloran, uh-huh. men don't cry Eso and whatnot. Sí. But with women, I feel like when you're trying to raise a woman, you try to toughen them up. Mm-hmm. And if you're with your dad all the time, yeah. and seeing that he's at home also, also. like cooking was he cleaning mm-hmm. everything and like, and that tripped me out too because your friends didn't do that i'm sure no like your and, friends parents. and it's always very irregular the way that my dad is but he's so i think he went through so much that he was like i'm not gonna do that with my daughters mm-hmm. like i'm gonna be there as much as possible still a protector still like the man yeah. but showing you can be the man but not have to be like the worst part of a man yeah. sometimes that we do get within like Mexicanos that they they take on a lot. You know, a lot is put on your backs as a Mexican man. Mm. You have so much to to have to take care of and then also calm. You have to calm yeah. yourself. But there's a lot of just like by, by way of our ancestors and the stuff that we've been through, there's a lot of rage in us. There's a lot of anger in us. And we're not taught how to how to use it or not use it. So we kind of we get lost in that. I think my dad made an intentional like I'm not going to be the way my my well, my my grandfather, mm-hmm. his dad, I'm not going to be the way he was to me, to my children. You know, yeah, no, definitely a case of ro- uh, like reverse machismo. Yeah. Yes, but, but intentional. It yeah. has to. It can't just come out of nowhere. But I feel like I'm learning the whole reverse machismo. Yeah. So with my kids, it might be a similar situation mm-hmm. with you. But do you see? Uh, obviously, no one's perfect. But you, did you see at any moment moments of machismo that you're yeah. like, this is very male dominant or characteristic of well, machismo? I see it now. So my dad lives with me. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to. That's beautiful. Yeah. By the way. I I'll, even when I was single. So before I was my husband. To me, it's crazy. My dad it affects me a lot, and my it's funny because my mom will come over. And she's like, "You love your dad more." I just empathize with him mm. a lot more. Like I see his struggle a lot. But my parents split up. But my dad is one of thirteen, Jose. Yeah. He all he knows Mexican? from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, all he knows from Mexico is everybody living together, right? Then he comes to the United States and he lived with a bunch of workers, like they wow. were dishwashers mm-hmm. or they were working in the restaurants. So he lives with a bunch of people there. Then he leaves to have his family, so he knows family, right? But when my mom essentially left him, she took us, and then he was alone. And I don't think he knew how to handle that. His by this time he was probably in his fifties, wow. but he didn't know life without people in the home so he would either rent a room or live out of his van and at this point i'm i'm working in radio and i'm like okay how on earth can i be popping and have my own things and my dad's living in his van and so i'm like no just live live with me like and he was very resistant to that he was like, no, Mia, no, let me just park my van outside. Yeah. And I'm like, no, live inside with me. And he's like, no, I'll just sleep on the couch. No, like, do, make space, like, yeah. create, like, be involved in this. And so when I got with my husband, I was very like, hey, just so you know, I, I it's had a, package a, it's deal. a package deal. And not just with me and my son, because I was a single teen mom at the time, también. Um, it's not just me and him, it's me, him, and my dad. Yeah. But my husband was like, yeah, like, he's also, family's really big to him. So mm-hmm. to him, it was not no a brainer. problem. So now my dad lives with me. Pero lo veo que, 
él es más como, ¿y a qué horas vas a llegar? ¿Y con yeah. quién andabas? And more than even my husband. My dad yeah. questions me, like, if I'm his wife. Or, like, <laughs> why are you working so late? Mija, you're over. Like, and that's just the the worry that almost is, like, it kind of gives me anxiety. Because I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm at work. Yeah. But it's like, no, you being a woman out like that, that you can get in trouble or you can get hurt. That's that's his kind of, es su manera de ser ahorita. Yeah, yeah. dang. It's a lot. I <laughs> talk a lot. I told you, Jose. No, no, no. No, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it because you're, you're not just talking a lot, but you're giving context mm -hmm. to a lot of it. And you're giving this role that I feel that it happens a lot when men, when they grow older, the loneliness that they don't know yeah. how to age. Men don't know how to age because all their life, all our life, we're taught to be the providers. Mm -hmm. And at some point when our kids grow up, wow. it's like... Well, who do we provide right. for? Well, now, like, yeah. I've always provided for somebody else, not necessarily for me, whether it be for my parents right. or for my kids, but They I've never learned how to... Yeah, do for self or, yeah. or even have time to be calm. Or men aren't supposed to be a burden. Yeah. Men are supposed to resolve mm -hmm. whatever the burden is. So your dad not wanting to be a burden to you mm -hmm. in your own house, but it's like, you're the man who raised me. Right. How could I not? My goal is to have you be like... You don't have to work. But he even has like that train of thought is like, he's 71 right now. Yeah, he's like, the wow. day I stop working is the day I start dying in his brain. Yeah. And it's embedded in us like that. But it's crazy because there's such a thing as retirement. There's yes. such a thing as like, disfrutando la vida. I don't know that they, that he knows how to just enjoy it, enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Could you see yourself as reti like retiring though? I me personally yeah, like because we're both super yeah. workaholics yeah and we i think we as latino kids we get it from our parents mm -hmm. that it I, i can see why it would be hard to retire right and not mm -hmm. necessarily like, it wasn't modeled to us yeah yeah like ours is to work hard for example my dad retired two years ago but that doesn't mean he stopped working he moved back to yeah. mexico and he's working in his <laughs> ranch that way, yep. you know so I, i i'm like well whatever keeps his mind active and busy yep. So I don't know if I could personally retire. I'd be mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm done with what I'm doing, but what project can I do on my own time? Yeah, or how can I just keep this get, keep this going? I yeah. think my mom is a different case. So my mom is Salvadorian, mm. and she and I don't know if it's because she's Salvi and she just loves traveling, or it's just who she is. But this lady loves to travel the world. Like Damn. to her, I feel like she's on vacation all the mm -hmm. time. But I also see that she went to through the American like like workforce and she's worked for a long time so she takes her vacations and yeah. stuff like that and sacred. yeah like i could never do vacations <laughs> like that but my mom's out here like she went to colombia to me it's Damn. like wow that's something you dream of but you never really do mm -hmm. and she's doing it so i think i think seeing her being able to i guess balance it it's allowed me to see oh, okay they were also very different whereas my dad vino y, y como era trabajador verdad but my mom came into the school system she came when she was around 14 so mm -hmm. she she got hip to a lot of stuff already so she then became a citizen went through all of that and whereas my dad is still very much in that like immigration experience yeah. and they both did but she just seems to have assimilated is, more yeah. and so i feel like they're both they're on different generations of of like the type of immigrant that comes here where's your dad from he's from guanajuato mexico guanajuato pueblo nuevo guanajuato does he still have family over there yeah he, he doesn't loves, long to just move out there i he does But he loves us so much. Like, he loves us. And not only me and my sister and my brother, but his grandchildren. Yeah. Like, I have my youngest son. His name is Luis after mm -hmm. my dad. 
you you can't separate those two like they wow. are each other's like it's almost like they were meant to know each other mm-hmm. in this life and my dad meant to be there for my youngest wow. that the way that he is yeah. it's crazy the the purpose a child gives a grandparent yeah because i've always thought like obviously my parents don't have any grandkids mm-hmm. so they did move back yeah. and i always saw that experience like not that many latino families get to go back and establish yeah. themselves and well reestablish right. and reestablish assimilate to their culture because they're going back to a town or city that they don't recognize anymore to a certain extent do you feel sad that they went back like what is like visiting them like i i do i mean i'm thankful that they're u.s citizens as well Mm -hmm. you know when the whole trump thing happened they like mobilized and they can come and go my dad just arrived on monday uh to spend the holidays for us but my mom comes more often because she's more of a like i want to travel the world she just went to canada like she's been a moms like to travel right (laughs) so my mom's been a stay-at-home mom all her life and well not our life she there was a moment and i think this is where the reverse machismo happened and i noticed it my dad um lost his job in the 2008 crisis so for five years he was a stay-at-home dad and i didn't really realize that because i was already away from college and my mom was working at the nine nine cent store so my dad would prepare the lunches for my mom and pack them make sure she left oh my god so that to me i was able to kind of see the roles reverse Mm -hmm. just like in your case where my dad stayed at home and my mom was a provider um and we rented out rooms that's literally how we survived Mm -hmm. uh renting out rooms to other people but now that they get to go back my dad is super into work my mom loves to travel if my dad goes or doesn't she'll go with her sisters yep yeah so wow I, i when they left i remember this sense of I am happy. I cried. I think yeah. there's a video on the on my Instagram me reacting because I didn't know how to react mm-hmm. to my dad's leaving. I reacted to my mom like le- le- leaving over there, yeah. but I knew I had a closer bond to her right. than I did with my dad. So when he left, the easiest thing for me to do was to go on Instagram and go live and mm-hmm. just express my emotions. And I said, I don't know how to feel because as a man i'm taught not to cry but here i am telling my dad forcefully because it was hard for me to say i love you Mm -hmm. uh now we say often yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. more often because i've tried to normalize it and him leaving was like him closing a chapter in his life ready to finally fulfill his own dream right you know because when you come to the united states you're going out to dream like you know yeah for your kids at the end of the mm-hmm. day you go out for your kids for your family to be able to provide never thinking about yourself for thinking self. about others so now for the first time in, in all his life mm-hmm. he can think of like okay well i want to plant trees here i want to buy two cows here yeah. i want to wake up and take my cows right. from the farm to the water back go horseback riding and he's living his life and i don't ever tell him Hey, come back. Yeah. Because I try to go often. I try to go at least three, four times a year. Yeah. What about your needs as his son? Do you think you skip that? You know, because you're still, we're adults. I get it. But we're all still, we're still our parents' children. Yeah. You know? 
It's hard because I've been independent my whole life, mm-hmm. even as a child, because there was a moment where my parents um, were almost divorcing. So I saw mm-hmm. years of fighting. Yeah. And then I was dealing with my own things as a child, mm-hmm. uh, trying to deal with trauma now yeah. that I know. So I was independent, closed off and tried to be there for my yeah, brothers you like oh you know because you'd hear my parents uh fight and everything mm-hmm. and i'd be like look i was eight years old yeah. my brother's six and four hey let's go to the room yeah and try to distract them exactly but you put that in you were eight years old like and, an eight-year-old trying to do that you know yeah, and an eight-year-old trying to be an adult and mm-hmm. how does an eight-year-old even have the capacity yeah. i think about it like how does an eight-year-old have the capacity to even say you know what my brothers probably shouldn't be hearing yeah. This or seeing this, let's go and yeah, play. let's play. Let's yeah. play. You, you know, know what's crazy? I have a friend and and his name is Daniel, and he and we were doing a we're doing a like a game where uh-huh. I'm like I'm gonna hum and then you're gonna guess the song. Mm. So I'd be like mm-hmm, like como la flor, right? Yeah, I and then he's like yeah, Selena. and he's like <laughs> he's like oh my god, I love this game, and I'm like you played it before. He's like yeah. So before when my parents would fight, me and my sister would play this game with me, uh-huh. and he just said something super slight like his parents are fighting, so his sister would distract him by doing that. But I don't know that he understood what that's them coping. Yes, that's them like hey, let's not pay attention. Like here, what what song am I doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, it, it's, it's, it's almost an. It's sad that it's innate, yeah. but wow, is it so like it's deep? Yes, it cuts in mm-hmm. deep. So the needs as a son, I think about it because I do long for a better relationship. Yeah. And the middle ground is talking about the ranch. How's the cows? Yeah. Tell me who, what cow birthed this? Yeah. Uh, you know, and like, what do you plan to do with the ranch? Oh, I planted this many avocados. Oh, that's awesome. We can meet that way. But in the sense, me talking to him like, hey, dad, I have girl this problems. Problem. Yeah. Oh, or like, how did you? Or talk to him about radio, or yeah. like, because what it seems like is you're going to his turf to to have that bonding mm-hmm. time, whereas it not being reciprocated, and it's not bad. I no. think with us, yeah. I think with We're the new generations, we are understanding it. We're aware of it mm-hmm. to know how to intentionally move with it, and I think that's a responsibility that's on on us a lot yeah. as children of immigrants is to understand their plight and move accordingly yeah both to help our children and our next gen but also to maybe help heal them and what they've been through but right now that you brought it up needs as a son there is a specific question that i've been wanting to ask him Mm -hmm. and it is because he married at 33 he Mm -hmm. is 64 and at the time that is like living in mexico and whatnot that is a huge age yeah i'm 31 you like normally run away at 14 exactly yeah and i'm like what i want to ask like what took you so long because my mom was 21 when she married my dad was 33 wow so it's like what was going in your head to go for somebody younger if you ask me as a 31 trying to date a 19 20 year old i'm like that is too immature Mm You know, or why did you wait your song? Yeah. Well, you know, so there was there's a lot that I still want to and I will. I I need to. I need to more than anything. Oh, yeah. Just to understand it. 
I always think like I want to be, and especially us being in radio, mm. right? Even having podcasts yeah. is I want to interview like my abuelita just to oh get all gosh. of her stories so that then I can l- know it. and give it to my kids so that Do then it. they can tell their kids about how that was, you know, and even mm-hmm. talking to my dad, we, he's, he, I think I, I definitely get my talk from him because he's an open book sometimes and he can open up about like the, the saddest parts of yeah. his life. Right. But when I look at that, it explains so much of how he is that I don't I don't get put in again. I like he has a really, really bad temper. But I know that it's causes of what happened to him as Mm -hmm. a kid watching his dad. And so me understanding that it makes me feel less of, okay, it's my fault. He's mad at me. And so then when I'm with my children and that's in me, too, because I'm his daughter to understand like, okay, you're. Just the rage, you need to check it. Yes. You need to check that anger so that it can trickle down the line to be better for like yeah. our great-grandchildren. Exactly. So they're just like little peaceful little monks and just yeah. not doing anything wrong. <laughs> You're like, like, that's the goal. Love. Yeah, yeah. So let's switch over to motherhood. Mm-hmm. At what age did motherhood come to you? Okay, I was 17 years old when I got straight pregnant. Straight out of high school? Yeah, yeah, straight. It was, it was actually during high school. So it was November. Well, when was it? Yeah, I was out of high school. My three days after my 18th birthday is when I gave birth. Wow. So I was pregnant, and then I turned 18. Three days later, I had my first son. I've had sons ever since, but I feel like (laughs) I have been pregnant my whole life. I feel like I have kids after kids after kids, but I think that I was made to be that way. You know, How many kids do you have? Three. Three. So you never – and this is weird because I I, – I, I understand the situation that we are in a lot of times when it comes to being a teen mom. Mm. No one congratulates you. Yeah. No one says, congratulations, you're a mom. It's always kids having kids. It's always like, oh, look what you did to your life. Yeah. It's always like, I think at that time, teen mom was really big. And I remember every time they did like a episode. like a episode of like where they're all together that one doctor would be like, well, the statistics of your kid dropping out of high school and going to jail, like the stats are up against my children. But just because I'm a teen mom, nothing else, not because they're Hispanic, not because of the city, not because, but because I'm a teen mom, these are stats that are stacked up against them. And I was always upset at that because I'm like, I, I just don't agree with it. And I was like, the biggest thing that I can do is not, be a reason why all of that stuff is true Mm. i still have so many dreams been wanting to be in radio my whole life i didn't understand well okay now go to go be a a dental assistant which is fine if you're a dental assistant but it's just like go do this like line of work because you you're so systematic And I'm like, if anything, like we have, we've seen with our with our families, you saw that they came here for us. A lot of the immigrant stories that came here for a better life for my child. That's crossing borders. That's going through a lot just to make it here. So to me, I'm like, they've done worse. They they've done more with the worst situation mm-hmm. of not being from here and coming to America is a big like yeah. leap. I can I can still do what I do. I'm here yeah. already. I have so much afforded to me by nature of being American alone. I'm going to I'm going to make it. I'm still going to be in radio. I didn't know if it was going to happen, but mm-hmm. I knew that I believed it. And so to be here, it's just a representation of, OK, even if the world says like no to you. I didn't say no to my dreams. I said yes to them. Yeah. And then the, it worked. So now you know? 
your son is about 16, 17. He's he about, about to turn 17. Yeah. So, so how's that, it's how's like that the, relationship? The role reversal of, well, it's like, I feel like I'm seeing me again uh-huh. at this very, I just, I just know that this 17th year, and it might be because it was such a big year for me, but this 17th year I feel is so big for him. Mm. And while we think of what I needed at that time, and granted, boys and girls are very different, but I knew that at that time, my parents were divorcing. At that time, I was feeling, you have this, like a double, as a teen, you have a double of you feel indestructible, mm. but also you feel like, like you Very don't know once, anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just like a, there's this weird middle ground. And to be able to be a support system in any way that I can at this point in time, it's very difficult. I think that being, being a mom to, to a Latino boy is also very big here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, I have I fear for them for all three of my children, and I I love them. I want to give them the most the biggest resources. But I think even if we give you everything, the world still looks at us different, mm. and I hate that. Like I hate yeah. to to think like for example, my youngest is Morenito, Luisito sí. is Morenito. Tres. Tres. And my four-year-old, bien güero, like super light-skinned, all boxer. of that. Yeah, yeah, that's my little Canelo. But I was talking to my friends about it yesterday, and they were like, one, the, who are guys, and they're like, one's going to get e- away with more, one's going to have it easier than the oh, other one, just because of skin color. Yeah. And, it, and I feel bad because I don't want them to grow up comparing that. Yeah. Especially because the two little ones are so close. It's like one is... I, I would hate to see that. Mm. And and what they need for me even now as that they look different, which is crazy. Well, let me put it in perspective. You say you have a morenito and you mm-hmm. have one that's more blanquito. What about your eldest? Mm-hmm. What challenges did he face growing up? You know what's wild is like I remember he was in elementary school and we were looking at middle schools. Hola, ¿qué tal? Te saluda José Quintero y espero que estés disfrutando de este capítulo de Echale Parques. Pero vamos a platicar de un tema que te va a encantar. Porque si eres padre de familia, si eres estudiante o si eres maestro o maestra, pon mucha atención porque te quiero contar sobre la beca nacional de hacer de McDonald's. Desde 1985, McDonald's ha otorgado más de 33 millones de dólares en becas y esta vez no va a ser la excepción porque este año McDonald's está dando 500 mil dólares en becas y puedes ganarte una beca de hasta 100 mil dólares, pero ahora más que nunca ayudar a estudiantes hispanos a hacer más que las generaciones anteriores, a hacer más de lo que creían ser capaz y hacer más de lo que pensaban que era posible por sí mismos, por su gente, por su cultura y por un mejor futuro. Para más información sobre la beca nacional Hacer de McDonald's, visita mcdonalds.com diagonal hacer. Aprende más porque puedes ganar una de 30 becas. Ser diagnosticado con diabetes lo cambia todo. No solo cómo te alimentas, también cómo vives tu vida. Y siento que Walgreens realmente lo entiende. Desde mi farmacéutica Sofía tan amable y lista para ayudar, hasta los recursos expertos y ayuda con mis medicamentos. Esto no sería fácil sin su apoyo. Ahora mi diabetes no me controla. La controlo yo. Si necesitas hablar sobre la diabetes, Walgreens está aquí. Maneja tu diabetes hoy en walgreens.com diagonal diabetes. Hola, ¿qué tal? Te saluda José Quintero de Échale Parques. Y te quiero contar que este episodio de Échale es presentado por McDonald's. El McRib ha vuelto. 
pero está en su tour de despedida. Y como una buena banda musical que se despide y se despide, no sabemos si en verdad se va a despedir. Es momento de celebrar este sándwich icónico, desde su sabrosa salsa barbecue hasta sus pepinillos. No te olvides de agregar servilletas cuando te comas tu último McRib, ya sea para limpiarte las lágrimas o la salsita barbecue. Disfruta cada bocado salsocito como si fuera tu último McRib. El tour de despedida del McRib está Está pasando en McDonald's y definitivamente no te quieres perder de esto. Yo sé que ahí voy a estar disfrutando de mi último McRib. ¿Qué esperas? Ve por el tuyo hoy mismo. McDonald's, I'm loving it. And so I pop up like the the great schools yeah. like rating, and so I was like, we could go to this school. There's it's and it shows like the population, how many Hispanic, how many mm. white, how many Asian, how many other look at that. And I'm like, this one has a little bit more um, Hispanics, and this one does. I'm thinking you're gonna like the Hispanic one because you can see yourself. Yeah. I I uh, initially went to school in Glendale, and it's predominantly mm. Armenian. There's not there is a group of of Latino there mm -hmm. but not as big and all my cousins lived in Silmar, San Fernando and they went to like all the schools are Latino out there. I wish that I could be at those schools. I like yeah. I couldn't wait to to move to be in those schools. So to me I was showing my my son like, "All right, look, we can go to the one that's more Hispanic." And he's like, "Why?" And I was like, "What do you mean why? Like cuz you're mm, Hispanic, baby." Yeah. And he's like, "No, I'm not." And he's like, "Mom, I'm I'm fine. I'm white, and I was like, "You're not white." And I, in my brain, I'm like, I'm like "Is dad white?" No, in my <laughs> oh. brain, I'm like, "Did I do something wrong?" And he's like, "Yeah, mom, I'm white. You just didn't put a uh, sunblock on me when I was little. That's oh why I look this way." I swear to God, I'm like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Baby, we speak Spanish. Yes. You're you're Hispanic." I think him being around kids that didn't look like him gave him a sense of. It can't be that I'm different. It has to be that something happened to me, but I am like you guys. Mm. And, and it felt very, I just thought. Were you shocked? Were you? Did you feel like I did something wrong? I thought I did identity something wrong. Crisis? I thought that, especially because I think I didn't want to be like, you're Latino, there's, here's white people, mm. here's black people. I didn't want to segregate that. Yeah. I didn't want him to grow up. Thing. I wanted to see like, we're all the same. Look, I say, but when I gave him that, that's what he came up with. Like, okay, yeah. if we're all the same. There has to, mom, you just didn't put sunblock on me. Mm. And then, He's trying to justify his brownness. His bra And I'm like, no, 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 mijo. And, and it's okay. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And so that, brown don't frown. <laughs> that struck me. And so now with the young, with the boys, the, the three and the four year old, it's, You guys were Mexican and were Salvadorian and at least give them pride in who they are. I think also the ESL for like, I'm sorry that I'm cussing, but ESL, no, I don't like up. I think it <laughs> fucked us. Yeah. Because it gave us this sense that knowing Spanish is less than because they put you in another room mm. or they like had you stay at a certain after school or in a certain class if you're ESL. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to have my kids be in that because I saw what happened to the kids that were in that. Mm -hmm. So... But then I see with my oldest, like, not doing that, I gave him a handicap because now his Spanish sucks. Like, mm -hmm. And so with my little ones, it's teaching them Spanish and owning it. And do you, do you feel like he grew up a little bit more privileged being around so many white people? I think that he... Or just in, not entitlement, but to a certain extent, it's sort of like, okay, well, most of my friends are white. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I don't really know about right, the Latino... that culture. His, yeah, that culture. And what's sad is that it, Jorge, my husband, always is like... The first thing they take from us is our language. And mm -hmm. granted, we speak Spanish for that, for yeah. a reason. But 
thinking of that in American terms, like the first thing they take from us that are that do speak Spanish is that because again they make you feel bad for being in ESL. They make it be a class versus mm-hmm. like a it's very odd, right? It's like we got English. And Why can't then we just have you Spanish? just assimilate and you wanna you of course you wanna fit in, you don't wanna be left out, but you lose in that too. So finding that balance of of feeling a part of America mm. but not having to sacrifice like your identity as a hispanic because of that of course even though i did find a lot of identity because i was in esl and ela mm-hmm. classes i found a lot of my roots and my culture and mm-hmm. what because regardless if i was born here i still grew up in mexico and would yeah. go back and forth when i went into those classes i felt more of at home because of the teacher because of yeah. the students i was able to communicate versus my english and math classes where the teachers were white i'm like i'm more intimidated yeah. by you because i don't feel like i can go up to you and oh, you're not yeah. going to understand mm-hmm. my struggle mm-hmm. versus if i wanted to communicate with the teacher she'd understand or have more yeah. empathy towards my background and even just be there like yeah like take more of a of an empathetic approach to teaching you. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like, why don't you get it? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, come on. Get with How, it. You, get with it. Yeah, you're here. your classmates get it. Why don't yeah. you? And that was pretty much the culture growing up in high school. Does your yeah. son currently live with you? No, my oldest lives with his dad. Okay. Um, my oldest is with his dad. My two youngest live with me. And it's, it's like a... How's that distance? It's a lot. Our distance is a lot. I think being a mom, you never want to not be mm-hmm. in your children's lives, but you also have to understand that sometimes, like I think, and this is this is where my dad comes into play, because he's one of five thousand, mm-hmm. but he left home early, yeah, you know, and granted for different reasons, but he was like, you know, it killed me to leave my mom, but I knew that I needed that at that point, and I knew that staying would cause a whole other thing, whether it be with with my dad's father my grandpa and i think that's similar like sometimes you have to hurt right now so Mm. that in the long run you're okay and i think it's like that's where i'm at with my oldest where it's like right now i think i have to take that on the chin so that later we'll be okay and we'll be able to like find ourselves again no you know you're right i left home when i was 19 obviously a lot older Mm -hmm. and i lived all my life but inevitably i have a longing to be closer to my mom Mm -hmm. and i think men have a longing to be with their mom at the end of the day so if you just give time yeah like it's just going to work out and both are like a part of like, we're both our mom and our dad, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that to um, to reject one is to reject half of yourself, yeah. you know? So it's, I always look at it like that. Like, what is, what could he need that is me in him? Because mm-hmm. that maybe I could help during this time apart. Yeah. And it's, and again, I just, sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. Life is going to hit you very hard with me, in particular with my oldest, David, who was like side by side with me. This was like my ride or die and then custody stuff happened. And that never turns out good on, if it's not towards the mom, towards the dad, no one ever feels like they get the, like a fair shot at this. And, but understanding like, and giving full faith, like that's when you really know God. Like it's it's nice to know God when things are good, mm-hmm. but it's like you got to know him in your despair too. And I think understanding like, okay, this is happening right now, but, I just, I got to trust it. 
Yeah. I gotta trust it. And there's two little dudes that need, need me you. right now. Exactly. That's what my dad reminds me of all the time. Like, you know, Dude. David's going through his thing right now. Jorjito and Luisito need you. They need you present. Yeah. You know, this time, like this week is really tough mm-hmm. because my birthday and then it's David's birthday. It's Thanksgiving. I'm a holidays yeah. person. So then it's like, but like internally you want to be like, oh, I just want to, I just want to cry. I just want to yeah. break down. I just want to like close the door or whatever. But it's like, there's these little three and four year olds that have never really experienced Thanksgiving without you. Like they, they need you to experience it. Like you're mm-hmm. giving them their core memories. Yes. So it's like. Cry another day. <laughs> it's like put a brave face on being a mom and then do that later. I you think know? that's something people don't even talk about. Yeah. You enforce men don't cry. But what about the women that are single moms? That, yeah, that, who, ha- that it's a heartbreak. Yeah, that are, are living at a distance mm-hmm. because they know it's it's best for the moment. Yeah. How's that relationship between David and the three and four year old? I try really hard to get them to mm-hmm. to have a relationship can i feel because it's very similar to, to yours. me to me yeah. and my older brother i know how much i loved my older brother and when he was around i had so much fun i had a blast i didn't you're too little to know like the the details yeah. of why he's your brother but he doesn't live there yeah. or like where he was he going and so with them a lot of it happens like on facetime or on yeah. zoom but being able to say we can have our time apart and we can have that space but they're still here for you yeah. and that they know he's there mm-hmm. you know even if he's not there like physically i've always been somebody that like it's gonna we're gonna honor that presence like already whether it's hey make a video for your brother yeah. or hey um like let's go let's grab like we have ornaments on the tree so let's grab his ornaments cuz i've saved some from since yeah. he was little so those and and allowing the boys to like be involved in that so that they never forget that that is their brother yeah. you know and i think it's just again being ready for when the time comes to where we can sit down and we can talk or we can sit down and we can like mend things and yeah. it's 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 nothing that is not there's nothing that you can't make better especially with family i think mm-hmm. we go through so much but there's just there's nothing that can't be fixed and i think that that is you so I always have this saying, like, you can't help who what you become an example of. But I can't help that my family dynamic is the way that mm. it is with my older son. But I can be ready for that to be... Um, I can for us to... To receive to, it. Yeah, when, once it comes back again. Yeah. And to fix it and to help it. Um, but you can't force help. You know, like, when I was a teen mom going through stuff with his dad my family was just like letty what's going on like like they couldn't do it for me i had to do Mm -hmm. it for myself i had to get out of that relationship my parents couldn't my tias couldn't my sister couldn't if anything i would became defensive towards them like what do you mean and this is my life so that's kind of the similar uh, feelings of if you try to force help they're gonna resist yeah so your biggest thing and it feels almost un like it's not the thing you want to do but it's to to allow space of course you know that's crazy but it's the biggest help sometimes to those types of situations now with these two young ones how are you raising your boys to be better men Mm. because right now i feel like that's a huge issue with men trying to be machos but it's like no men 
are vulnerable. Yeah. Men are helping, like, you know, yeah. helpful. Like, there's, si quieres ser hombre, ser yeah. hombre con la cabeza en alto, you yeah. know? And you know what's crazy, Jose? Like, I'm very, so I'm the vocal, I'm the words yeah. of affirmation. I'm the, I love you, you're smart, yeah. do you feel, and my husband is very, is not. Like, okay. he's, he, his love language is like, I put gas in your car. Acts of service. I, yeah, I I have food in the fridge, and to me, it's like I I need to I need to be filled up with words mm -hmm. and with with like affection. So with the boys, I don't want them thinking that the boy is the one that doesn't show it, and that when they talk, like they're. I'm hugging them and I'm like, babe, do you, what does this feel like? It feels like love. Okay, babe, mm. what is it like to even put words to feelings? If they're crying, okay, baby, is it that you're scared or you're mad or you're uh, like, what? Label yes. it. Express if they it. can label it, they can later know, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Not just, I think even with kids, their automatic response is crying, but they yeah. cry for anger, fear, like, so many things equal crying so it's like if i put a label on it later i'm a, i'm able to like put it in its box and be able to like cope with it yeah. otherwise they're gonna feel when i'm when i'm crying this equals the fear or this equals that and i'm not supposed to yeah. i can't i'm a dude i'm a man i also think like i always wanted a girl god didn't mm. give me a girl <laughs> so i feel like god gave me boys to create allies for women you know, got to to be able to show them like this is mom and this is what the world needs from men. A lot of times we feel we need strong girls. We need girls that like does don't need no man. My dad was like that. I'm gonna raise you this that so you don't need a guy, right? But we also need to teach boys how to be their like yeah. supporters, Sensitive, allies. Speak up loving. for girls when you don't see them because when you see something going wrong because they can't speak up for themselves because they've been told. Get the calladita, like yeah. be this, be that. You know, it's crazy. Like, there's um one of my my husband's friends has all girls, and one of the girls was um like texting with a boy, and he was so mad at her. Like, oh my god, she has a boyfriend. She's texting. Da, da, da. In that same conversation, he sees my my son. Oh, how many girlfriends do you have? Da, da, da. I was like, Double look standards. at what you're doing. You're teaching the boy, and I guess what that boy that your daughter's texting was probably told the same thing. But you're knocking the girl. It's about how we raise our sons yes. when it comes to like the girl interactions, because yes. we raise them no boyfriends. This, that, and the, th the third. Don't even talk about it. But we raise boys. Yeah, go get five girlfriends. Yes. The more, the better. Oh yeah. So then these two things are, are interacting both that boy you raised and that girl you raised are interacting and all the girl knows is keep this quiet don't talk about your boyfriend to your dad because he says no boyfriends so. and don't talk to them about this because it makes them feel uncomfortable meanwhile they may need you the most yeah. you know so i have a really quick story yeah. just to go off a tangent very uh similar to what you said so my uncle has a daughter and he a similar situation got really mad that she was texting a boy and she's like what the fuck wow mm -hmm. can she be talking to boys already she's 16 yada 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 on the same aspect he plays a sport uh and he was talking to one of the kids that he coaches like oh, oh yo man. who are you talking to like oh hey if you ever need a room yada yada mm -hmm. yada little did he know it he was talking to his what? daughter and it's like that's literally mm -hmm. literally Ooh. And I'm like, dude, like that's life. They're mm -hmm. telling you about yeah. double standards that yeah. you should never and they don't come, promote I think, that. I think sometimes when we think of like either misogyny or patriarchy or even those double standards, 
of course, I think to give men and and just people grace, it's not that. Like, cause it's hard to be like, that's not a double. I'm not yeah. doing that. Cause then that would be like, wait, I'm not missing. I don't think women are yeah. led, but it's it's just kind of built in and it's so subtle that mm-hmm. way. And it's just being being able to recognize it. Like, oh man, I was doing that. Yeah. Oh man, this does equal that. Versus owning that label of like, oh my god, I do that. But you reject it because I'm not misogynistic. I don't hate women. I'm not this. I'm not that. And it's like there's just little things the way the world is set up that it's just by nature. Yeah, it's it's subtle microaggressions that lead to this nature of misogyny. How is George contributing to raising better men and what Mm -hmm. areas could he improve on? I think he is an incredible father. Like he and, and, you know, they say like you marry, well, that you marry your your mom or Uh I feel like. Because he cleans, he cooks. I see the boys modeling after him in that where if he gets out, like, to to get the vacuum, they have play vacuums that they're there. <laughs> he likes to, like, spray the windows so they get the, like, the rags and sprays and cleans. I think with him, it would very much be, like, on the emotional aspect. So he's given them their duty and also of, mm. hey, this is not just mom, you guys. We're all cleaning up. Yeah. We're all doing this. And the boys have fun. Right now, they're having fun spraying because of the spray bottle right now it's not essentially a chore but they also see it in their normal life like Mm. he helps them a lot with routine which i don't think that i had because there was no routine for my dad in mexico or my mom in el salvador and to come here and to give us routine like even brushing your teeth combing your hair taking a shower every day like my husband is like on a program so i we both do you and i both do morning radio Mm -hmm. so that takes me out of my son's morning. but And so I was asking my husband the other day, like, what do you guys do? He's like, no, we wake up, I make them their smoothie, we take a shower, Dang. they brush their teeth, we do their hair, they that. they get, but they have their own thing and that's their own life without me because I'm not there in the morning. And they started school while I was in radio. So it, it, it feels very sad to me that I'm yeah. not there, but I also remember my dad was the one that did that for us. My dad is like, hey, wake up, girls. It's time to go. Get ready for school. I'll meet you guys in the car or lo que sea. I do think that he's giving them such a great routine that's going to stick with them forever. On an emotional aspect, I just don't think that he he has that. And maybe it's just the stuff that happened with his parents, mm-hmm. you know, how his father was towards him and his sister. But I always look at it like, I make sure to say I love you so that Mm -hmm. he can say it back because he's not going to outright say I love you because that's not his nature. His nature is not words. But the boys need to see that it's said. So now it's like, okay, they have to see that example. But does he say it to your kids? He says it to them. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say a very similar situation to my mom. It's so easy. And since I was a kid, I love you. I love you. Te amo. Mm -hmm. Te amo. With my dad until I was older. I'm 31. Literally, last year it was like, te quiero. It was like, yeah. te quiero is not even a te amo. Yeah. You know, so it's like you said, it's very important mm-hmm. that they start hearing it from an early age, not just necessarily between the parents, parents but, but towards yeah, one another. Yeah. Especially, and I'm saying it as a man, I needed that yeah. from my father. And I'm working on that because he didn't meet me halfway. Right. But if he's able to meet them halfway with the I love you and they get it back, then it's going to be so much easier to foster that relationship 
later on in life. Did he hear it, do you think? No, like, most definitely yeah. not. No, like my grandparents, uh, my my grandma, from, like so his mom, mm-hmm. Native American, in, indigenous in Mexico. Wow. And then uh, the dad, he was a farmer, even though he had European features, blue mm-hmm. eyes, white skin, uh, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was very much distant. They right. were breeding kids they had 12 so he was trying to build an army to help him farm right so there was no kind of moment there to tailor to one kid and show them but my dad was the kids are not like not for nothing but like kids are cattle they have a function especially in mexico like you you may you have kids so that they can help keep up with just what you have in mexico like yeah my um so I always look to try to understand my dad and my mom by understanding their parents. And so my abuelito, like when he was eight, his dad, so my his mom, so my great grandmother, sold him to oh my a God. farmer. My yeah. uncle, my uncle was sold to my grandma sold him to her sister. Mm-hmm. And he Imagine telling an eight-year-old, like, you're okay, yeah, I'm your parent, but you're going to go live over there and you're going to work at eight years old. So he doesn't know the concept of love from a parent to a child. No. So then he has all these kids and my dad was the oldest boy and he doesn't know what to do with them because his parents never showed him love. If anything, he could feel like his mom treated him like an animal because yeah. that's where he stayed with the animals in the, in the, in the place that they sold him. So he's treating my kids like an an his kids like an animal. Yeah. Like he was very abusive towards my dad and towards my abuelita and the older kids that really got like the the yeah. brunt of it all. And so, but and it just seems mean because I only knew about what he did to my dad. And then I tried to learn about what happened to him. And it's like, yeah, of course, he doesn't know how to do it. He wasn't taught that. Mm -hmm. So all he's doing is acting out on this pent up rage. How can these kids love me? My mom didn't like and then just lashing out at them. And then my dad to then have myself and my sister. I don't remember one time he's ever hit me. He has a hella temper and is very short. Like if. If McDonald's doesn't have ketchup, he is yelling at you like, how are you McDonald's and there's no ketchup? But he'll never do that because of what happened to him. And so now with me, I have the temper, but I also understand that's coming from his. It's it's coming down our line, our DNA. And how can I make that better for the boys? So we can talk versus yell. Mm. and it's all of it is intentional but a lot of the work we do even the stuff we're doing now isn't even for us it's for our descendants it's for like two generations from now so we've talked about your kids Mm -hmm. we've talked about your childhood and there's so much to still unpack Mm -hmm. and aside from all that you work in entertainment you're radio morning host power 106 you have your own podcast brown bag podcast you i don't know if you still have your calendar (laughs) yeah dude well this year i stopped (laughs) i didn't work out this year you need to give me your workout program oh my god trust me we're on the same boat and i was gonna hit you up and be like yo how do i how do i do that boy need to make money too yeah that part (laughs) but like how'd you even get started in radio yeah was being a talker for mm-hmm. sure but i think you know it's crazy i uh my mom listened a lot to like k-love but then also kiss K-Love. fm and i just remember her her laughing so much on the radio like yeah. she was really happy on like drives that we would take and i'm like whatever that is 
Mm-hmm. I want to do that. I don't know what that is. I didn't know the title for it or the occupation, but I knew I wanted to talk on the radio. I wanted yeah. to be that. And it's crazy that I'll have teachers like from freaking elementary school. Like, let the, you know, like, you know how kids say they want to be astronauts yeah. or firefighters? Theirs seemed more real than you saying you want to be in radio, but you're the one that did it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I've wanted to since then. Yeah, no, I had it the same. Since I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to work for Univision, so I wanted to do wow. entertainment. So I would always say, like, they would ask, like, what do you want to do? Yo quiero trabajar en Univision. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, je, je, je. Que so. yeah, yeah, And then even in college, that was like, I'm going to work in mm-hmm. Univision. And then uh, you have your friends, you have other people who are like, ha, ha, good luck, you work like living in the Inland Empire, having to move to LA, right. especially trying to do that. And then you get your job and everybody's like, oh, he did it. Yep. Then you start working in radio, oh, he, he did it. Saw. And then obviously you start working with uh, Angelica Valle, yep. which you see her growing up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hold up, this kid actually doing it. it. So very similar. And maybe we just, we just, you know how people go through, because I always see like the kids like that go to college and they don't know what they want to be. Yeah. Maybe we just knew earlier maybe that's yeah. our gift that we just knew our purpose mm-hmm. earlier because anybody could do as long as you like it's the set your mind it, to it yeah, kind of thing the manifestation yeah to me like that's just the power of us knowing that early and everything all of our steps aligned to get us there yeah and i think so much manifestation so much work life has taught us so much mm-hmm. that we're able to just talk like your yeah. dad is the talker my yeah. mom's the talker in the mm-hmm. family so i definitely pick up a lot of uh her spanish language and lingo and how to clap back yeah. in a funny way yep. which works on, on air, air. And, and whatnot but i guess perseverance is definitely a common thing yeah. between us two and or the even love. understanding like the goal even when life hits you because mm-hmm. i think us having that foundation of who we wanted to be so young allowed things to happen to us and it's still not waver us exactly you know? because Oof. being a teen mom is a lot jose but to know I've been wanting to be in radio since I was freaking eight years old, right? Yeah. So that's why it didn't falter me. That, that that's why those other options didn't make sense. Cause it's not it's not who what's embedded to me. Like I'm on GPS right now. Yeah. My my end all is here. Yes. And we did it. And we exactly. I completely agree. So much that happened as children growing yeah. up, teen mom, and you said all those moments though they were in a sense, horrible. Mm-hmm. They made us who we are, but yeah. they don't define who we are yeah. or what we're trying to become yep. or what we are now. And now, aside from radio, which is, you know, Power 106, a legendary station, yeah. Brown Bag, which yeah. is a... a, a Obviously, podcasting in the last right. couple of years, especially in the Latin Latino community, mm-hmm. has blown up. Right. You find yourself with, I want to say, one of the biggest and most important Latino podcasts yeah. in the nation. Yeah. No, and we're seeing that. And I think that's just the, I like the phrase a lot, if you build it, they'll come. Mm-hmm. I remember building that that studio little by little. Like I, I had to buy a mic one day. I had to buy, like wait a month before I could buy the mixer board or yeah. like I say. And I didn't know what I was preparing for, but I'm like, I just going to prepare it. And something will happen here. And even finding like my other halves in Duno and Vic is to understand like they are not like me in any sense. But we together are so strong. We represent the people that are listening to us, you know. And it's crazy how much I already know like the brown dollar, the brown listen, the brown stream. We're such a big chunk of what makes everybody else pop. So it's like what if we put that in ourselves, you know. And so that's kind of where that part got built is speaking for us in 
in a in a land i guess which was would be yeah. podcasting that no one really talks how we talk or no. about the things that we talk about or cares but it's in our conversations with our friends it's in our yeah. conversations with like our cousins and all of that and that's what we get a lot people are like you're like my primos exactly. they're talking on the couch literally yeah. literally that is how i feel and i'm like oh my god like yeah. it's just hilarious to see the evolution the growth and you're fulfilled as a, a professional yeah. and i'm sure there's still so much that you want to grow you're fulfilling yourself as a mother because you're mm -hmm. still wanting um to better your kids what about the woman mm -hmm. what is left for leti the mujer yeah not the mother not the wife i think for leti the mujer is really like i i care like i i think a lot of times i get very caught up in not having a daughter and i mm -hmm. always think i and i know this is going to a mother but i just do think like being a part of Oh, being a woman, a lot of it is that just ability to create life, right? Mm -hmm. And so I always think, like, w I wish I could have a daughter, but maybe I don't because I'm supposed to be here for all young Latinas. And I love Latinos, and I love my boys, and, I, and I'm raising them from that stance of helping them be the best allies. But I also am like, I'm going to be the example that I needed yeah. of, like, this girl that's doing it for all the little Latinas that need it, right? Yeah. For They always say, like, we win so other people can dream. Even what we do is not for us. It's for somebody get yeah. inspired for them, for the people they look and say, all right, it goes on and on. But I look at it like that. I'm so purposeful. Like, I feel like my parent almost, like, I don't even think of Leti. I think yeah. of the legacy of, yeah. of who you are who you're going to be to to are your community um i i i, I promise you jose i've never thought of like what does let like what do i see yeah. for me to me i'm just like i'm of service some of us mm. some of the biggest leaders are servants you know and i really feel like i'm to be here to serve like whatever the world needs of me i'm going to be here for that well Letty, thank you for serving. Jose, I love you so much. <laughs> no, thank you. Jose, I, I don't open up. Like, it's crazy because we talk uh -huh. like, We talk on the radio. We talk to people. And I it's it's very hard to feel safe. Oh. But you you help me feel very safe to open up. Even even ever so slightly, especially with, like, my mm -hmm. oldest son mm -hmm. stuff. But it, it's, a, it's a gift to be that space for somebody, oh, no. you know? Thank you. I appreciate it. I love your energy ever since I met you. You've shown nothing but love, respect, mm -hmm. and, and professionalism. And I think you are one of those women that is going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. I see it. I manifest it. Yeah. And the love that you just provide to everybody, it's its unimaginable. And I'm always in awe mm -hmm. and Uh, of of the woman yeah. that that I'm surrounded by, you mm -hmm. know, you, Luisa, Angie, Angelica. Yeah. It's like, how did I get to be so lucky to learn from these women, right? To become a better to man, be in this, yeah, and to be in this space and like. I'm just always in awe. I'm like, yeah. dang, I can't believe I get to work with these people. Yeah. And so many people admire them and love them as much as I do. Right. You know, aside from being a friend, I'm a fan. Yeah. So We're thank probably you. keeping the girls away from you, not going to lie. You have so many strong women in your <laughs> life. It can't. You have to have a strong woman in your life like that. Trust yeah. me. Ya me han espantado. Yeah, I know. Some, and I'm like, damn, y'all don't even like. You don't need girls. You have us. <laughs> I need to fulfill myself as a man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I eventually it. want to be a dad but yeah. when the time comes yeah. I am excited and like you said you want a girl 
I want to be a girl dad too. Yeah. Like I, if I have boys, I'd be more than happy yeah. and love them as well. And I can't wait to raise men. Right. Um, but uh, like you, you said you were meant to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I've dreamt of being a father since I was like yeah. 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because at the time, 17 and 18, talking to my male friends, yeah. they're like, uh, that's mm-hmm. such a girl thing to yeah. do. And I'm like, is it like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I Just the act of passing down knowledge right. and seeing how that manifests into life mm-hmm. and how it trickles down is just like, oh shit, I yeah. did a good job or fuck. Like, yeah. where do I go in and correct? Right. You know? Wow. So... I put, it, I, I put it on you. I give you the juju. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Leti. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on Echale. I love Echale Podcast. Shout out to Echale. <laughs> Shout out to everybody that listens to this and watches this. You're on You're. You're in the day ones of what's about to be such a great empire too. So mm. I'm Amen. a fan. Gracias. Gracias por escuchar Echale Podcast. If you made it this far, I ask of you one thing. If this podcast made you think, reflect, or enter an existential crisis, then share it with me on social media. Nothing would make me happier than knowing that these stories had a real impact. Nos vemos el próximo martes with more stories and más chisme. This was Echale Podcast.